Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. To join us is Angela Beaumont. She is the Director of Operations at the Jefferson. Angela, thanks for coming back on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Joel. That's fantastic. All righty. So, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about like this idea of normalcy, this idea of of, of learning and, and community. And, in you know, the Jefferson kind of checks off all those boxes when you think about it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, that's what we are here in Erie. We are a platform for um, education. Um, our programs are very accessible. Um, we managed through the lockdown phases of COVID with offering a ton of digital programs for free. But really, we want to be back in person offering programs at uh, the Jefferson on State Street and also at the satellite locations. That's what we are looking forward to. And, you know, the fall summit was a big success. Um, so that gave us the confidence we needed in the pub. The, the thirst for education is there. Can you tell us, like, as kind of like a an after uh, action or afterglow of the of the global summit in November? How did this one uh, mark up? Because I tell you what, the names that you brought in were certainly top notch. Uh, talk about some pent up demand and getting some of the bigger names to come to Erie, including uh, Doris Kern Goodwin, and you know, of course, Steve Scully was there, um, uh, Jeffrey Rosen, and the the two uh, chiefs of staff. It was pretty epic, and of course. GWB, right? The president. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> can't forget him. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, we can't complain. Our events were sold out. Um, the con- um, the Bayfront Center was packed. Um, there was still room, but, uh, you know, it was full, full house. Um, so we are very, very happy with the outcome of the Global Summit. Um, we thought that the speakers, um, it put the it put Erie and the Jefferson on on a national map, you know, wow. and we can always draw from this, you know, a little bit like a celebrity hype because um, it helps us going forward and offering other great programs because, you know, the the speakers know each other and and, and so they they by referral it really works the best for us. Um, and we love that. We love getting those big names into Erie and, and offering programs that typically would be offered in big cities. Um, so here we are, um, happy to do that for for our community. Yeah, we were we were saying before the uh, before the the interview started uh, on the on last hour of how this is one of these. Um, this organization and what you do at the Jefferson is really one of those indicators of Erie kind of punching above its weight. And, uh, and, and it's something that we can't really take for granted at, at all, but, uh, it, it does, it does incentivize the idea of, well, we've got to, we've got to get our community moving. We've got to build our population, build our infrastructure, build our, um, our jobs and so on our workforce. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that um, that is attractive for folks who've moved from out of town to Erie for a new job, and they look around, what out, what is there to do? And I get these calls like, you know, I just moved from my job. What, um, I heard about you. What do you do? Can I become a member? How does it work? Um, so it is, it is something that you can add to the 
the quality of life here in Erie. Um, absolutely. I got to tell you one, one more comment about the Global Summit. I, I, there, there may have not been a more poignant moment uh, of the entire summit. I'm sure it wasn't. Than seeing uh, the standing ovation for former Governor Tom Ridge as he made his first public appearance since his stroke in the summer. And uh, it was pretty moving. It was. I mean, he is um, so well known in Erie. Uh, Erie, I love Tom, Rule, uh, Tom Ridge because he's done so much for, for Erie. Um, and just to see him back uh, up on stage and enjoying a public event, meeting with a friend uh, in addition. Um, I think he was really looking forward to it and was not disappointed. Um, George W. Bush was um, very relaxed. He, he gave us uh, kudos afterwards. He's like, like, this was a great event. I felt I really, truly enjoyed being in the area. So I got to tell you, he want. was he was in rare form, that guy. Oh Holy my gosh. Yeah, I had no, no idea how, how funny he can be. Yes. And, you know, that was, um, uh, yeah, I think he truly appreciated being away from, from the big circus, maybe, or like events where there's, uh, you know, he, he runs into people he doesn't want to run into. And mm. now that was here. So yeah, I think he, it, it was truly genuine what he said. I, I got a glimpse. Did you literally have 1,800 people there? Is that close to I the number? I looked up the number again yesterday, and it's it's more than over 1,900. That's incredible for someone coming to speak, you know? Yes. Yes. He did not expect that. <laughs> I mean, there was, there was no rock band. There was no, you know, opening act. There wasn't a comic. Although, again, George W. Bush was pretty funny. But, no, that's just really remarkable. That many people saying – you know, what? I'm going to put my money on uh, on my learning and my uh, experience of of seeing a former president. That's really something else. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, for me professionally one of my highlights. <laughs> oh, very cool, very cool. All right, so give us the lay of the land with the Jefferson and its kind of its rhythm. And so how many terms do you have? And then you have the Global Summit. Uh, and I know everything kind of got changed with COVID. But typically, how would you guys normally kind of run your, your terms and your schedule? Yeah, so we, we have four terms in the year, um, starting with the winter term, uh, which is a little beefier. Um, after the holidays, people want to go out and do stuff. And Jefferson is one of the things they enjoy. Then spring term, also pretty, pretty um, – substantial summertime uh we day we do take a little lighter um we have, we have maybe more like you know a little more entertainment elements in there we we have musicians or you know literature um and then the fall term is a little shorter because we're already uh ramping up for the next global summit which typically is um end of october in the first two weeks in november so all in all um I believe 160 programs in 2019. Um, so we want to get back to that number. We want to, you know, restart uh, the satellite programming, which we already did in the fall. Um, now we're taking back on um, our uh, partnership with um, Fairview at the Lincoln Library. That's that has been working out well last year, and then. Um, uh, we look into the other um, communities, Edinburgh, Northeast, and um, a downtown location as well. And, and who would you say is 
is the target for this? And is it expanding? You know, again, something that, that I noticed at the Bush rally, or it wasn't a rally, but the Bush uh, event, is it was pretty broad spectrum of individuals. It was You had some, some very young people. You had middle-aged people. Uh, but a lot of times when you go to the Jefferson, it is going to be people my age and maybe a little older and so on. But uh, do you see that the demographics are starting to expand a bit more? It, it has definitely with the Global Summit. Um, that's an awesome pre-pandemic uh, because we work with colleges together and um, – um, the events are free and open um, for students as well. So every student in the Erie County gets free admission to the event. Um, we made that a policy a couple of years ago, and that has st- steadily found ground. Um, with Gannon, we worked uh, in, in the summit in 2021, and they were very supportive, and they made you know students uh, uh, aware of the programs running Um we even organized some transportation facilities. So it was all doable, uh, even on a cold night. Um, and I think just the students are, are interested in, in the topics because it's uh, complementary to yeah. what, they, what they do in college. Um, yes, and I, we've seen a real good um, uptick in student attendance. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be smart for a history professor to say, hey, you know, she, you know, Doris Kearns Goodwin is on our campus. You might want to get a little credit by going to see it. And there were there were a lot yes. of students yes. to see Doris. And you know, right? the, the speakers usually hang out, hang on for a little bit after yeah. the talk, and they love meeting with uh, younger audience for um, a quick uh, interview or a quick discussion. So it's it's one of the opportunities to meet. Um, uh, real people uh, of subjects that otherwise are are confined to textbooks. Yeah, I got to say, uh, one of my uh, career highlights was uh, I had the exclusive interview with Doris Kearns Goodwin after the fact, and and that was pretty remarkable. And tell you what, when somebody like that says that's a great question, that just makes all the dopamine go to my brain. You know, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a hormone hit. She uh, is wonderful. She Absolutely. Is wonderful. <laughs> Angela, we're getting things started here right away next Wednesday with uh, a very strong uh, start to the winter term at the Jefferson. And that is uh, the history of Presque Isle creating a state park, a free lecture by Dr. David Frew. Now, I tell you what, he, uh, I mean, that's got that's going to be an amazing one right there. Yeah, so Dr. Frew is our um, a scholar in residence at the Jefferson and um he, he has been uh, wonderful last year and the year before because he created these um, mini reports, mini essays um, on the waterfront. And if you haven't read them yet, please look them up at our website. They are just a weekly must and people are, are yeah, hooked. They want to they wanna read it every week. But well, And, and real- something to say about that is that, you know, I know that he's a Ph.D., but he talks about being a Bay Rat. And so, like, growing up in the, uh, the R. West Bayfront area, and it's, it's a very accessible, very readable, very entertaining essay about life growing up in that St. Andrews, West 8th Street, you know, and further north – to the bluffs, if you will, and even over the bluffs, you know, to, uh, to the to the old docks back in the day. And yeah, you got to read uh, Doctor F- uh, Fru's uh, essays, absolutely. 
Yeah. So his um, um, presentation next week will be about how um, Presque Isle became a state park, um, what were the uh, circumstances, um, and what I'm intrigued, he says, um, let me quickly see what he says here, that there was a downtown coalition of um, people that made it happen. Hmm. A strange downtown political committee that controlled all part decisions. So I'm, I'm really don't know about that committee, but I want to learn about it. Um, yeah, Dr. Fru is absolutely um, uh, the, 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 the connoisseur of anything Presque Isle. Uh, he will also um, start with the satellite program in Fairview on Monday night with when Erie was the freshwater fishing capital of the world. Can you imagine that? Again, the the amount of history there that that is really remarkable. And so, so that's that's this coming Monday night. That's when you get things started here. And then uh, next Friday, uh, as a lunch and learn, is John Persinger. An update on the EDDC's one hundred million dollar revitalization of downtown. And can you explain how you're going to work these lunch and learns, Angela? So the idea was um, that um, we wanted to invite the community in for a almost weekly update on anything new going on in Erie. Um, this one here with John Persinger. I mean, we know about the EDDC, and uh, we've now seen a, a major milestone um, achieved with the opening of the um, the first indoor market and the restaurant in, in that whole um, building complex. So he's he's behind um, the effort um, of the revitalization of downtown, and we want to hear from him how um, you know the investment paid out and future plans. So is this a situation where you pay and you're going to get lunch with the conversation? Right. Um, so these uh, are at lunchtime uh, from noon to one thirty, and uh, we will serve a brown bag lunch as well because we figured that you know. If it's like a daytime thing, a lunch, then Friday is a good time for professionals to peel away from their uh, jobs and get a quick update on what's going on in Erie. Yeah, it seems, seems to me that this, these will be very popular this winter here. Um, so, yeah, so uh, John Persinger, who uh, is the CEO of the EDDC, uh, doing the first Lunch and Learn on Friday the 28th. And then, um, you know, you have uh, Dr. Roth coming back with his American Holidays series, uh, you know, on uh, Groundhog Day, of all things. On Groundhog Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's done several of these American Holiday series by now. Um, The last one before Christmas, and there was one around Thanksgiving. And... um, they're more just than talking about specific holidays because they put it in a context. Um, you know, why do we celebrate uh, Valentine's Day? What's How did we come about in America to have these rather exotic holidays that nobody else in the world is celebrating? So he brings it all together. Um, and this one is uh, focusing on February um, with um, celebrating Black History, Valentine's Day and more. Groundhog Day, for instance. Terrific. Uh, another professor that we've been getting to know uh, well uh, lately is Dr. Christopher Gray uh, from the Erie County Community College of Pennsylvania. And again, another Lunch and Learn on February 4th, from noon to 1.30, our community, your college. He's a pretty dynamic speaker, I got to tell you, Angela. 
Yeah, it'll be a good I one. Not personally him yet, but I'm very, very anxious to meet him. Um, when I talked to him on the phone, he was instantly excited and said, "Yeah, put me down. This is a. I want to speak to people. I want to make this uh, community college as part of Erie. I uh, want to want people to know what we do. Get their buy-in. Get the get business owners to come and attend because." As we know, it just opened. Um, the numbers are great. Um, first enrollment numbers were, were very positive and very promising. So now we as Erie have to, you know, feed this this uh, starting startup college and, and help make it part of this um, uh, collaboration between industry and um, and young people leaving school. Yeah, and and again, uh, the more information that people can understand, the more they can see how they can fit and how they can benefit as a business owner or or someone who needs more training and or you know somebody who has a kid that's uh, getting ready to graduate from high school. That how the community college can really be uh, helpful for all of that. On Tuesday, February eighth, Dr. Paris Baker again, uh, another guest on our show uh, from time to time. He's going to give a free lecture at the Jefferson, and it's called Critical Race Theory is Not the Issue, Claims, Fears, and History. Talk about that, Angela. Yeah, so um, Dr. Perry Baker has been um, publishing several reports with the Jefferson. Uh, we love working with him. We think he's one of the best uh, um, scholars, uh, anything having to do with um, uh, race and history. So the critical race theory, I know, you know, we hear about it in the media, but we're, I'm personally not too familiar and too firm with what does it actually mean. So he will go into the, you know, details and why, why does it, um, has it become such a focal point, like down to um, some of the uh, school boards that we hear that people mm -hmm. are getting very contentious um, speaking about um, race theory. Well, yeah, and, and again, the beautiful thing about uh, Dr. Baker is his he's such a, a warm person. And so being able to understand, you know, kind of, you know, the, the whole – all the realm around that, it, you know, it, he's, he's the perfect fella to, uh, to explain it to the community there. And so, uh, again, uh, coming from Gannon University and uh, presenting that uh, in early February – again, that's Tuesday – February 8th. I think I have time for one or two more of these before we got to go to our news break here. Another great uh, gentleman, uh, another uh, wonderful, uh, warm person is Johnny Johnson. He's an educator, and he's talking about exploring justice and injustice in America, examining local and national policies and laws today. Uh, any any uh, idea where Johnny's going to go with that? Well, he's uh, he's very much involved in, um, he, as you said, he's a teacher, um, and his uh, his focus is making uh, or putting light on: Do we have um, systemic racism in America, and what are the issues uh, underlying the systemic racist uh, systemic racism here in our country? Um, do we have uh, laws in place that are um, like perpetrating uh, injustice in America. So I think the answer is yes. And um, he will go into the details also into the um, teachings of Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, 
so I'm looking for very much forward because he's he's very passionate about it. But um, just like uh, Paris Baker, a very uh, eloquent speaker and very educated in the matter. And again, we remind you that uh, Paris Baker and Johnny Johnson's uh, re- uh, uh, they're two two Tuesdays in a row, the eighth and the fifteenth, and they're both free. And they're both at the Jefferson, right? Uh, everything is happening, or most they of are both at the Jefferson. At the yes, Jefferson. Okay. Uh, I got about half a minute here. Do I remind you that there is digital programming, and that's kicking off on Wednesday the ninth. And all the digital programming sounds like it's it's free, right? Digital programs are free. Um, all we would like, like you is to. Um, for the one on February 18th, we offer two uh, versions. Um, you can actually sign up as a webinar. Um, oh. That gives you the opportunity to be in the chat room, uh, to, to use the chat function. Um, that's the one with um, Kurt Gold and um, several other panelists. Um, so that's that I organized this as a webinar because it's just a, a, a better way for people to actually interact Um the other uh, digital programs will be live streamed on Facebook, where, of course, you can also use the chat function. Angela, we're just kind of going through the um, going through the schedule here for winter, but I want to come back to something that you were just mentioning. There's a panel that uh, didn't make the brochure, but uh, that you've got locked in. Can you tell us all about it? Yeah, so the the panel um, was just added here on February 18th at noon. It is a digital program, so it's a virtual panel discussion. Um, And the moderator is Kurt Gold, who um, uh, published a report on teacher diversity in uh, in the school district here. And so based on this report, he had the the idea, man, we, we need to have a a larger discussion about this topic. Um, so he, he invited actually um, the superintendent of Brian Polito and the inclusion equity and inclusion coordinator, Ken Nixon, um, to be part of this. And he managed also to get a state representative to join Tanya Garcia. She's the deputy secretary for the Office of Post-Secondary and Higher Education at the Pennsylvania Department of Education. And then uh, last but not least is Sharif El-Mekki. He's the CEO of the Philadelphia-based Center for Black Educator Development. So a pretty powerful, um, diverse panel. And um, they're they're meeting online. It's a webinar uh, to discuss or to, to address the issue of teacher diversity in school districts and to present initiatives that are proving productive elsewhere. Yeah, it's, it's all about... Uh... You know, making making the profession more attractive for uh, for a diverse population, and uh, and I tell you what, it's it's a it's that's that's one of our challenges of both today and our future here as a community, and certainly as a as a country, um, as uh, you know, as our workforce just kind of, golly, <laughs> you know, people are dropping out of the workforce. Uh, they're, they're they're leaving, and so uh, we're we're retiring. Yeah, yes. just like it has the the teaching staff has to also reflect the changing demographics in our country. Absolutely. I mean, the uh, the cities are becoming more diverse. We have um, you know more immigration. We have more refugees. So like you know that got that has to be reflected in the in the schools as well in the teachers. Yeah, I think I think uh, one of the times we had Gary Horton on 
Um, he was, you know, of course, he's going to be one of the speakers as well. Uh, but uh, he was telling us that uh, that children, uh, you know, children of color do better when there's someone that they uh, that looks like them is in the classroom. And so there, there's statistics that lead to better educational outcomes. And so that will be a, very, a really informative conversation. And again, that's uh, on – what is that? Fr- is that Friday during it's the day? Friday, February 18th at noon. Mm-hmm. At noon. Okay, you gotcha. You can't lunch on the webinar. I'm sorry. No, you can't. <laughs> you're not going to Grubhub everybody a, a lunch there. So no, that's not, not going to happen. All right. So let's keep moving forward here. I think we're up to uh, – the day before that uh, event, uh, and it is another free lecture, this time by Dr. Judy Lynch, the former county executive in Erie's Women's Political Strength, Growth and Influence by Three Major Movements. And if there's one thing we could say about Judy Lynch is that she is an exhaustive researcher. She's going to be well-sourced on this uh, topic. Yes, she is. So, um we are actually picking up a topic that we started um, in 19, and it is the the, the eerie women's power um, in poli- in politics, right? So she she had a, a report or an essay that touched on um, the growth and influence of three major movements. Um, she will report or she will refer to that report and explain what made uh, women's movement um, so big and so successful, starting in the 20s with the suffragettes organizations, then um, the feminist movement in the 60s, and then finally um, in the late 80s and 90s, when women started marching, demanding, and ran successfully for public office. That sounds really really cool. And and again, of course... uh... Uh, the first mayor was Joyce Savacchio here for Erie. Uh, Judy Lynch was the first county executive, uh, but we certainly had city council people that uh, preceded the mayor uh, that were female. I mean, there's a, there's a rich history, not that long of a history though. Yeah, you know, when you think about it, it's it it's definitely since World War II. You know what I mean? Since World War Two, yes. But, um, you know, the national movements found its way finally mm-hmm. into um, Erie politics, and um, she she knows what she's talking about. She's been there. She's seen it. And Absolutely. so has uh, Joyce Savacchio. Here is another very timely topic. Afghanistan under the Taliban 2.0. What does the future hold? That's on Wednesday, February 23rd. Wow. Yes, Barher Gushay, um he's a scholar in residence at the Jefferson, and um, his talks are fabulous because just when you think you know everything about Afghanistan or um, Iran, then yet another thing is happening, and he can put it in context. He will not just like comment on what's going on in the news right now, but he, he has a rich understanding of the culture and um, the conflicts that have been uh, um, going on within these cultures and countries. Um, he knows about the, the conflict between countries. So after you leave a lecture with Barher Gouche, you, you do have a deeper understanding. That's amazing. And, and again, so much concern toward that part of the world. And so it'll be good to, uh, to have that 
here. Another Lunch and Learn is coming up on the 25th. Again, uh, our friend Daria Devlin, who is making hay out there at the Erie Center for Arts and Technology. Again, this Wayne School reimagined and excellent uh, What's what the potential is there, you know? Yeah, I'm very excited that she uh, agreed to come and uh, speak on one of those lunches because um, we know there's uh, great efforts. There's um, a blossoming uh, new model um, at the Wayne School, and uh, I think we just don't know enough about it. Mm-hmm. I personally don't know enough about it, so um, I'm very eager to to hear what she's what she's been able to put together. Well, she's basically filled it. I mean, she basically has enough tenants. I mean, this is this is pretty remarkable stuff. What's going on there? So that's exciting to have her on that lunch and learn. All right, we're turning to March, and it's our friend George Deitch, and he is uh, he's going to uh, the what do they say in Hamilton? Here comes the general, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I just uh, listened to that one on 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 the CD. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I loved I loved the George Washington character in Hamilton. So this is about George Washington. Go ahead and talk about it. Well, George Washington. Uh, you know, we all study our history, um, but do we know that he's actually been one of the first spy masters? Um, so he he was you know in in 1776 when um, he became the uh, uh, army leader here. Then um, back then it's not like you can just you could just have pick up a phone or send a message or like intelligence gathering must have been so much more of a challenge like logistically physically. Um, so you gotta take your hat off from from these efforts and the achievements. Um, that uh, Washington uh, did and, and turned it around uh, into a success. I got to ask, okay, this, this is a total rabbit trail, but I have to ask you because uh, do, when you are coming up in school in Germany, do they talk about the Hessians, you know, in their participation in the American Revolution at all? <laughs> not, not in school, but in college. I, I studied American history, so when I heard that, I was like, "Really? Huh? That is interesting." I, um, I, I can't remember. Did did they fight on our behalf, or did we fight them? Were they part of the British uh, mercenaries? I can't remember. They were mercenaries. Yes, yeah. So yes, they, the so, British bought them, I think. Yeah. Right. Right. And um, <laughs> I think that was also at a time when a lot of European countries, Germany included, was like not having a great time. They were like. So many people that lost everything in yeah. in in famines and and for them becoming a mercenary in just you know fighting and then America going was, going to America to fight thing to do can you imagine it was well paid <laughs> oh okay so it was good money if you could get the yeah, get the yeah game. it was good money yeah oh my goodness yeah well I think <laughs> I think they basically. You know, Washington, you know, basically did the surprise attack on Princeton, and I think that's that's where the Hessians were hanging out. So, all righty, if I if if I remember correctly from from my American history, okay, uh, let's keep moving forward. Again, talk about a topical subject: Ukraine and Russia, troubling signs, frustrations in the history of a conflict. That's Monday, March seventh. Yeah. So when I contacted um, Dr. Shoshko Harnett who's a you know, long-time speaker at the Jefferson. And I said, 
do you mind talking about it or does it become like too much for you? Because it's, it's like so cutting edge. We know anything can happen any day. Um, really like it's, it, you might be actually commenting on something that is happening. So, and she said, I, I don't mind. Um, because her approach is, she is, um, of Ukrainian descent. She knows her country. She knows what's always been at stake. Um, she can explain the, the conflict between the, the, the Donbass area and the Russian uh, collaborators and um, just gives it the right, the right um, point of view to understand the complexity. Um, she, she studied Putin. She knows what his, uh, you know, uh, his idea of power is and, and what is at stake actually in the whole region. Wow. Again, uh, I just hope that, you know, when we have that talk, that we're still at peace. Yeah, let, let's hope. Uh, do you I mean, when you guys start building these uh, these uh, schedules, are you are you are you able to be that agile? Like, I mean, this like we just clicked up three or four, you know, very, very contemporary and, you know, you know, new, breaking news types of topics um but you must have been talking about these months ago right i mean um yeah a couple of weeks ago and it was already like you know foreshadowing and i thought like and and with afghanistan when yeah. when that broke up, broke down i'm like we got we got to do a um a topic here a lecture because um you know we cannot just close the chapter and say hey that was afghanistan no it's continuing or we cannot just say you know ukraine who cares Yes, it has repercussion, and you know, me as a European, I'm very concerned. Um, I'm hoping that you know this is not the beginning of another Cold War, um, or yeah, a hot just, war. We don't want a hot, hot war. war. Oh my gosh, not yeah. at all. <laughs> all right, let's keep moving forward. I got about uh, seven more to do here in about five minutes. Let's do this. All right, all right. tackling a tough topic: advanced medical planning. Again, very. Very relevant for many, many folks, which is that, uh, like, we're talking about DNRs and things like that, right? I mean. Right, right. So, um, Dr. Morheim is a very remarkable person. He actually did a digital program two years ago, and he's such a great speaker. He's so em em empathic. Em empathic? Yeah. He's got a lot of he, empathy, yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. Empathy, because he's actually, he's a doctor mm -hmm. uh, by training. And so he said, well, I have this topic. It's, it's a little tough and, you know, but I can manage it. So he wrote a book about how to manage um, the end of life situations yeah. for anyone. And we know, you know, we all might have to think about that in, in, in your later stage in life or earlier, as a matter of fact. Um, so he's basing this uh, topic on, on a book that he published um, which will, will also be available for book signing. Um, we're looking very much forward to it. Um, not an easy topic, but yeah. uh, hey, we always control so much of of our life while we are still in the in the full possession of our strength, and then we encounter the phases when we're not so strong anymore, and then we're not prepared. Um, uh, so I'm hoping to hear some good guidelines here. Terrific. Okay, so the next one, the next uh, lunch and learn at the Jefferson 
is the cohort coming to bear and talking about the future of work in Erie County? These are the these are these uh, folks that are part of the leadership uh, civic leadership academy. That's right. Yes, they are graduating in about four weeks. Um, they are finishing their report right now. They're probably sitting at home and working on wow. it. Um, this cohort was amazing. Um, very, very smart people. Very. Uh, dedicated. Um, the future work is a massive topic, massive project, but they, they managed uh, to break it down into um, good chapters. Um, and then after graduation, we always <clears throat> invite them to uh, present their research findings to the public. And that's on the 11th of March. I can't think of, of another, you know, certainly this is a top three topic in Erie County of what are we going to be about? Where are we, you know, what are the jobs going to be? What are the jobs of the future in Erie County? This is so apropos at this moment for such a time as this. I, I am, I'm super excited to hear the uh, the outcomes of that. All right, uh, immigration history, challenges, and opportunities in the U.S., Pennsylvania, and Erie. We've always been that uh, that city, uh, that shining city on a hill, if you will. Uh, you know, for folks that are that are immigrating in. Um, that's right. And I think we should be proud that we are a nation of immigrants and refugees. Um, it adds to our um, stamina as a nation, to our collective uh, uh, powers and, and possibilities. Um, so Dr. Gaucher uh, is um, actually writing a report on immigration and he comes like from, you know, immigration in the United States on state level and the local level as well, um, explaining a bit of the history and um, what are the policies. You know, we all know that immigration goes to the waves, um, like externally through conflict. People are, you know, escaping some um, major wars or conflicts and seeking asylum in, in America. But it also um, is, is, Americans always try to, uh, channel channel immigration. Mm. Immigration was never like totally open. That is just a myth. Um, people get vetted. People get admitted. It's more like an admission. <laughs> and I myself know how long it took, you know, to become a naturalized uh, citizen here. And it's it's not that easy. You got to study. Yeah. You got to study over one hundred questions, and they are not easy. As like, I say, most know, immigrants probably have better knowledge about how America works than I natives. Think so. You know. Yes. Um, so I'm I'm prou proud to be part of this um, immigration uh, um, um, group in the Erie. Um, loved loved the way we were welcomed in Erie, and uh, I think it's especially for communities the size of Erie. It's it's an opportunity. Uh, immigrants are bringing talents. They're bringing education. They want to work. They want to stay. They're very committed. Um, so it's it's more like, you know, how do we win with uh, immigration here in Erie? That's the direction of, of this talk. Another Lunch and Learn, it's uh, Meet County Executive Brenton Davis, Vision for Year One and Term Ahead. Is this the first time uh, uh, Brenton Davis is speaking to the Jefferson? It is the first time, and I'm very grateful he's taking the time to um, come on um, March 18th to the Jefferson um, I'm, I'm very open. I'm very curious to meet him. Um, I know we're going to uh, uh, work with him together because the Leadership Academy is always um, 
you know, visiting this, the, the county offices. And yeah. um, so it's it's our first uh, contact with him, and I'm, I'm very excited to have him there. And then uh, you're having Lauren Demetzik. Uh, she's coming uh, as the new director of the Erie Art Museum. Museum as conveners. So talking more about community involvement. Yeah, so um, Laura uh, is the still relatively new executive director of the Art Museum. The Art Museum has, you know, gone through some tough times during COVID, but they they managed, they they are reopened. And uh, when I talked to her, uh, we were like, what can what what are your plans for the museum? What, what do you plan? We know they have <clears throat> gallery nights. They they are open to the public again. Uh, what else do you plan? So she her thing is like museums can be conveners, can be places where people gather, learn, study. Um, it has to be art relevant, of course. But um, yeah, the Erie Art Museum is just such a such a, um, a beacon of. of of hope and art in Erie downtown, and I want to hear from her what she what she has in plans. Terrific! Uh, the role of the human immune system during COVID nineteen. A lot of people are asking about that one, Angela. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Dr. Calabresi of um, the Cleveland um, clinics um, is actually n- not a newcomer to the Jefferson. He was um, speaking at the Global Summit, I believe, in eighteen. Um, a very, very smart man, very, you know, knows a lot about the, um, his profession, of course. And, um, during the pandemic, he focused his research on the role of, um, the human immune system. Uh, and we all have read, maybe have read about, you know, the immune system gets attacked by the virus. There is a response. The vaccination uh, uh, triggers a response in the immune system. So uh, a great correlation here between how can we actually be better prepared for the future, for still going through the pandemic by helping our immune system, um, leading a healthier life. Um, So he's looking into behaviors and exposures, what we eat, how we sleep and, you know, the, the role of exercise to help our immune system handle better the attack from, from, from viruses. And finally, uh, on April 1st, the, the Friday Lunch and Learn, Eastside Grassroots Coalition implementation of a strategic plan for the Buffalo Road Corridor. Our friend Gary Horton is joining the Jefferson. Yeah, I'm very grateful that Gary Horton is also taking the time away <clears throat> from his center and um, speak on the progression of um, the Buffalo Road Corridor. We know about this Vokio Business Park. Um, so, yeah, there is a strategic plan that is being implemented, and uh, we want to hear from him about, um, you know, progression. What is still, you know, does he? What's going on? Do do they need any any support? Do uh, they need anything? I would imagine like, everybody needs support, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so but, what's the best way to register for these uh, for these events as well as some of the other events that are going on at the Jefferson? Yeah, so the easiest way is to go to our website, jeserie.org, jeserie.org, and there is a tab called Programming. You pull down the menu, and it says Upcoming Events, et voila. You pick the date, you pick the topic, and you register. 
We're asking people to register um, and accept our COVID policy, which is also available on our website. And um, there's free programs. You don't have to pay anything. And some of the programs are lectures where we ask um, for the, the cost of admission. We're going to leave it there. Angela Beaumont, thank you so, so much for cluing us in on the winter term here. It's super exciting. Thank you so much. Be my pleasure. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>